Welcome to Passion Life Church. Pastor Tracy Armstrong, a great round of applause as he comes to minister to us today. Come on, give your pastors a big clap and a shout. How many of you love Passion Life? God's treasure, God's jewel, and little Marietta. Is this? <laughs> Amen. You know, this is a big spot. This is a big place. There's a lot of things that happen from here now. The church needs to have a manifestation uh, from here. I know it's known as wine country. I don't drink, but I know of this, uh, this territory. But God wants it to be a new wine. How many of you want new wine manifesting in this territory? What a wonderful presence of the Lord. Thank God for our worship team. How many of you love coming to church and worshiping? Yeah. So, you know, I want to just... I'm excited. I love, I love uh, Pastor Phil and Pastor Val. I just really enjoy them. I actually have a good time with them. And so whenever I can get around with them, I, I love to do that. I want to encourage you to do something. I saw on the table, out there on the table, how many of you know you have touch cards, little, little cards that you can put in your pocket, put in your purse, put in your wallet? I love the size because you can put it in your wallet, man. You put it in your wallet. And if you're standing in the grocery store at the line and you're having a conversation with someone like you do, right? You do? You, no, you don't. Like you do. <laughs> and, and then you find out, you hear something in their conversation that they're needing to connect with God. And you know your church connects people with God. Then, then you know, pull this out and say, you know, I'd like to invite you to our church. And it's just a simple touch card of evangelism. How many of you want to have evangelism increased in your life? I, evangelism is the only way the world's going to change. We can look at, and, and I'm, I'm all about, let's make sure we vote properly. Let's make sure we get the right people in politics and in, in, in place. But the fact is, the kingdom of God is the only answer for the world. How many of you would agree? The kingdom of God. And the only way we expand the kingdom of God is by sharing. We have to share. And I, I love, I go to a lot of churches and I don't see touch cards in churches, but I know when I see touch cards in churches, the pastors have a heart to win the lost, and they have a heart to help people. And so it's just a little thing. Make sure you just, on a weekly basis, just grab. If you want to just start with grabbing one, just on the table. If you, have not, if you walk past the table, it's just when you go out this door, turn on the left, you'll see them right on the table. And just pick up one. It says Passion Life on the, on the front with worshiping people. And then on the back, a QR code. I, I would say that that is the number one strategy in my mind for church growth. If you, if you believe your church is a church that helps people and helps this community, then you want to help the church grow and grab a touch card. Just grab one, one a week, every week. And your assignment is just, I'm going to hand it to someone. I'm going to hand it to someone at the grocery store, hand it to someone. Their man of God back there has one. You want to hand it to someone because you're in this world to bring change. How many of you want to help someone and bring change? You know what else I love? I'm, as Pastor Phil is up here, I'm thinking, you know what I love about church? This is what you reminded me. What I love about church is church is the only place you really go to throughout the week with expectation. I mean, you don't go to work. Well, maybe if you're expecting a raise or something, but most people don't go with any kind of expectation throughout life. And expectation is the key to hope. Hope is expectation. And so when you go and you, you're coming to church, what an exciting thing is every week you can come with expectation. God's going to meet me. God's going to talk to me. God's going to help me. God's going to minister to me. I'm going to meet new people. What an incredible place to be is a church. I think so. 
I think church is amazing that you can actually have a, a gathering, a place where people are going through their challenges, but they have to be positive. <laughs> you come into church being a negative, you're going to get in trouble. Everybody expects you to be positive. What a wonderful atmosphere. What a wonderful place. So I want to encourage you to make sure that you, that you, you make a connection with your church and realize just love your church, love your pastors, love your people, and love each other. Amen? That sounds corny, doesn't it? Love each other. But it's true. The kingdom of God, that's what we're all about. Well, today I have the privilege of, of sharing the word of God with you. And I want to talk to you about who I am, the rule breaker. How many of you know that God is, has created this earth with natural laws, natural rules, natural rules, natural rules. You jump, you're going to come down, right? But I found that there are some rule breaking in the fact that gravity is in place. I'm a pilot and I, tr- and I fly. I get in the plane every week and I'm flying somewhere. And I realize that there's some, there's, some, there's some rules that God has put in place that actually break the rules that are in place. And if you are willing to go to the next level, you can always break the rules. Now, these rules are not law-breaking rules. And it's not like we're going to be un- unlawful and outlaws, Christian outlaws. It's not like we're going to be Christian outlaws. But there is a fact that every natural law is actually meant to be broken by a child of God. Sickness, a natural law in the world, because the world has been inclined to sickness. Sickness is a natural law. If you stay outside and you stay in this, you get, you get sick, you can get sick because, you know, put on the hat, put on a coat, put on your gloves, make sure. But you go outside and you don't take care of yourself and it's 30 below. How many of you know there's a natural law? But you can contradict that natural law by, first of all, making sure that you're covered. See, every natural law has something that is also a, a, a premier, a higher law that actually will allow you to overcome it. When, we, when we're dealing with gravity, I get in the plane on a weekly basis and I, you know, I'm dealing with gravity. I'm dealing with gravity. Gravity says whatever comes, goes up must come down. And it's true. Ultimately, when we suspend the law, it's just a suspension when I'm flying. The law of force, the law of lift, the law of drag, the law of weight. Those four laws are, are actually forces that are contradicting the one single law. God has given you forces that contradict normal laws. The force of grace. How many of you know grace is a force? The force of, the force of faith. Faith is a force. I mean, you know, faith is a force. Faith is not just something I'm believing for, but it's actually a force. A few weeks ago, I was in, I was in, um, I was in Las Vegas. We, we were in Vegas twice this year doing ministry. The first time we went, it was very powerful. God did incredible things. People were, we, people were touched. Woman that was in a wheelchair gets up out of a wheelchair and she starts to walk. I mean, you know, the force of nature, the nature, the natural law that the doctors are actually inclined to actually help you through the natural laws, whatever means they have. They have force of medicine. But it's a suspension, not an actual, actual breaking. I mean, you know, the force of medicine is a suspension to your body can actually recover. Your body recovers, and there's a suspension of pain. Or there's an ability to get in there and to actually operate. But when we have the ability to say, get out of the wheelchair and let's walk with God, there is no, there is, I have no knowledge of, law, of the law of medicine. I don't understand medicine. Pastor Val knows medicine. I don't know medicine. I mean, you understand. But I see things that contradict medical laws 
constantly. This woman, 13 years, who has MS, gets up and walks out of the wheelchair, and she's completely healed. Now you go and you do a, a, a array. They, they, they have the law. They have the natural law to be able to put her in, and they've learned the science of it. I think science is absolutely beautiful. So they learned the science that they can actually go and do a scan of her brain, an MRI, and see where the lesions were before, before and the after. Now, afterwards, there are no more lesions. How many of you know that that is actually powerful? Now, what's really wonderful is I don't have a clue how it works. I have no idea, but what I do understand is that there's a force that I have been granted access to. The force of faith, the force of grace, the force of health, the force of healing. And when you realize that you have, been, you have access to a force and you can activate that force, then you become a rule breaker in the earth. Not someone who's just going around and breaking you know, moral laws. We're talking about natural laws, laws that God did not intend for the supernatural person to be inclined to. When we are going to learn the names of God over the next few weeks, you have to understand that the names of God are given to you so that you can break the rules of this natural game. That, that he is Jehovah Rapha. What does that mean? He's my, he's my healer. Jehovah, my healer. He's Jehovah, my Kaddish. He is the one that throws a banner, lifts up a banner above me. He is the one, right? He is my Jehovah Nisi. When you understand that these names, these names are actually contradictions to other names that are in the earth. These names are not just so that you go, oh, I know the names of God. No, the names of God are meant to be used. And what, what he does and what God wants you to do is understand the names of God so that when you understand the names of God, you're able to go, all of these names are now found in one name, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the high and lifted up name. So it doesn't matter if I'm calling Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Makadish, doesn't matter what it is. All of these have a manifestation and I'm activating that manifestation in my life to contradict every natural law there is in the earth. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you something here. Now, when you realize that God wants you to step into this realm where the supernatural is a part of your daily life as a child of God, you didn't get saved just to go to heaven and not go to heaven. You got saved to go to heaven. Ultimately, we want to be free from our sin, but free from sin means that I have to contradict everything that led me in the sin. Jesus confused the devil because the devil couldn't figure out how to make him sin. The Bible says in John chapter 1, about three and four, that the devil was so confused, he confounded, he, was, he couldn't comprehend why he couldn't get God to sin, Jesus to sin. Because Jesus was superior and every law that the devil uses to get you to sin is a natural law. The things that are common to men are the temptations that, God, that the devil uses. But that means that God has to make you an uncommon person, lift you above every other thing, come on somebody, and put you in a position where you say no to things that he thinks you're gonna say yes to. You and I are completely different. We are not a normal person. Stop trying to be normal. Stop trying to be a regular Joe. You are not regular Joe. If your name is Joe, Joe, your name is now. I'm a supernatural Joe. I'm not a regular Joe. I'm not a common Joe. I'm an I'm a absolute believing Joe. And when you realize that you have to understand that there's something different and peculiar about you, and don't try to explain why. The reason Christians get in trouble is because we try to explain why we're different. You can't explain why you're different. You have to enter into this life through faith. How many of you know? 
I, I could say that I'm different because I lay hands on the sick and they get it. I'm different because I'm, you know, I, I talk to business leaders and when I talk to them, something comes upon their life and they now step into a greater level of increase. I'm different. Why? Well, I can't explain it because the anointing is hard to explain. The gift of God is hard to explain. The grace of God, all I can do is show you because it's a force. Woo! I can't explain to you the power of force. I can't explain to you the power of lift. I can't explain to you the power of weight and drag and how those forces work together against gravity. It's powerful, though. I love it. I'm in the plane, and I'm flying all around, and I'm like, love this thing. And I can't wait to get up there again. And I hate being in, I hate, I'm flying home tomorrow, and I hate being in the, a passenger. And I want to just go up there and go, let me push buttons. <laughs> let me have the wheel. Let me see what this thing feels like. And the, the realization is when you start to learn how these forces work, you're not concerned about the previous law. I'm not concerned about the previous law. This week, my, 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 I'm, I'm getting, I'm, you know, I'm constantly in training and I'm learning. And I'm, so this week, my, my, my instructor is t- teaching me, you know, how to, it's called a slip. And a slip is when you really, when you, you pull your, you pull the, you, you pull the plane to, to idle. So you let it completely idle. You know, when your car idles, you have no more power. You'd let it, and then your plane, and then you, you have to, there's a lot of, but basically it shows you how to do a quick dive and lose thousands of, thousands of feet in seconds on purpose. Now, how many of you know, if you don't know the force, if the force is not with you, you're going to get nervous at that point. But because you know the force, you know exactly how all of it works. And so I'm not concerned about the law of gravity because I'm actually defying the law of gravity with the forces that are higher. Come on, somebody. How many of you know you have inside of you a force that's higher than anything this world can offer? You have a force inside of you. God's force on your life is greater than anything you can imagine. And God wants to raise up those people to say, we will not be dictated to by the natural means of this world, but we will be supplied by a greater supplier. And we will not just live in resource, but we will live in power by God. Amen. Amen. I love it. So God wants you and I to be able to rise to this greater level, this greater dimension. Things that used to bother you, used to control you. How many of you feel like God has done something in my life that that doesn't control me anymore? Well, you've learned that a greater force is at, at work in your life. And God wants a child of God, every one of you. If this was your first time and you've never heard somebody yell at you like this, it's a positive yell. I want you to realize I'm trying to force something into you. This Thursday, I'm coming back to San Diego, and I'm going to be doing the Pathfinders breakfast for Awaken. We'll have about 1,000, maybe 800 to 1,000 business leaders this, Sunday, this Thursday morning. And I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to release a force on these business leaders as they go out into the world. And they won't just have to do it based upon their head knowledge, but there will be an empowerment for creation of wealth. God wants people that will create wealth for this. Come on, Marco. Create wealth for the sake of the kingdom of God and establish. I feel that when I shook your hand, I felt the anointing of wealth creation on you, Marco. And I released the blessing of God on you that everything you touch, everywhere you go, you release the power of God. Well, how can you know that? It's because I know that there's a greater force that God wants to manifest. And it's not limited to my natural. That God opens my eyes and I can see what no one else sees. 
the lady, I was praying for one lady in, in Vegas and she was having, she had glaucoma and she, she, she was crying. She was like, I'm losing my eyesight. We are in a line here and I'm just praying and I'm going down the line. She goes, I'm losing my eyesight. And I said, okay, I put my hands on her eyes and I said, I pray for you in the name of Jesus, I command you to see. And as I'm praying for her, I look next to me and this woman has hearing aids. And something inside of me just really felt like it was unlawful for her to have her ears, her hearing gone losing her hearing. I'm still praying for this woman. I let go of this woman for a second. I just walk over there and I say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to hear me without these hearing aids. And then she's crying. She's crying. I said, well, what's going on? She goes, I came up because I have, I have a kidney problems and I'm on dialysis. And I'm like, well, I'm going to deal with your ears first. Cause that's what made me mad. How many, you know, when you live in a higher law, you get angry at lower laws. When laws are think, when laws are, laws are, are controlling people. See, the part of, of being someone who is assigned to change lives, you get angry, not at the person, but at the devil that's controlling them. I wish someone would be in this room that would get angry at the devil that's controlling them. The spirit of confusion is being broke off of a family member over there. I break it in the name of Jesus. I release it. That controlling spirit being broken off of your family member. You've been praying for mama. You have to understand when you live at a higher law, you see things at a higher dimension. There's a different, different level that you're looking at. And when you see it, you go, this has to change now. There was something that gripped me. I don't understand what it need, what that woman needs in her ears for those hearing aids to come out. But she took those hearing aids out and she could hear me as crystal clear. She had no problems. And then we went to her kidneys and her kidneys were completely healed. I said, how do you know? Because my body fills up with toxins and I'm in constant pain and constant, I have this pressure and tension constantly in my body. And the moment you prayed, all of that tension and all that pressure went away. God healed that woman's kidneys right there just that fast. Come on, somebody. You have to get sick and tired of something being in your life that is not supposed to be in your life. It's not the design of God for you. I'm yelling. You guys are used to pastor. He yells. So you have to understand that God's looking for people in Marietta that just refused to be a normal Christian. Normal Christian is almost a cuss word in someone's mouth. You're Christian and you're normal? How in the world can that be? You have Christ living inside of you. You have the names of God that are yours. You have the word of God that is yours. You have the blood of Jesus on you. You have the anointing of God on you. You have a church that loves you and a pastors that preach to you. I mean, how can you be normal with all of that working for you? That's too much force working for you, for you to be a normal person just walking through life like you don't have God. That's a problem with Christianity it's because we don't actually realize that we are supposed to be altogether different. We're not supposed to be the same. Can I read a scripture with you just so you know I'm not just yelling up here for no reason? Acts chapter 19, turn there with me, Acts chapter 19. And we're going to look at verse 11. It says, and now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and, or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the disease, lift, this disease left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Look what, it's, look what this is saying. This is saying that, you know, a towel, a handkerchief is designed to clean up a mess. It's the better brawn, right? It's the cleaner picker-upper. You know, it's meant to pick up, a, a, you know, spills. That's what, a, that's what an apron for, to catch stuff when you're, when, you're, when you're cooking. 
Well, think about this. He's taken this apron and he's now changing the rules of the apron by putting it to his body. He took this apron and he started to, what did he do? Instead of wiping up just spilled Coca-Cola, it says that he was able to wipe up sickness with it. That changed the whole law. Come on, man of God, I'm glad you say amen really loud. That changed the whole law of what this is. This is meant to wipe sweat off of me. Do you know I can also, I've used this and I've been in positions where literally I prayed for claws. And I sent them home to people and they would send them to family members around the nation. And people literally from our television show, they would even order them. And people would literally would see the lights go out and then come back on. <laughs> the power of God is here. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> when you realize that there is, that, 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 that they took this one woman, she, she worked as a, um, as a, she had a cleaner's business. She took the handkerchiefs and she said, can I have a stack of them because I want to have them in my business. And I'm thinking, really? Because I'm, I'm, we, we also teach professionalism. So we don't, we don't do really wild stuff. We don't like lay hands on people in business. In our business, we, we teach you to be a good witness and then you have an opportunity. Well, she decided she wanted a stack of them for her business. I said, I'll pray for them. I'll anoint them. I anointed them. And she started handing them out as people were coming in and they had sicknesses in their bodies as they're getting their, as they're building, she's building a relationship with them in her cleaners. And she had cancers dissolve. She had sickness tumors dissolve as she's handing out these. And she's a cleaners. She knows the power of fabric. But she's seeing that the fabric that a person normally wears is not the same kind of power that's associated to the fabric that was called, that was released as a prayer cloth. You understand, you have the power to transform things, change the rules of something. I know the rule on your life is that you grew up in a house that doesn't have something or a house that had too much of something. Can I tell you, you can change that rule. You grew up in an abusive house, you can change that rule. How many of you know there's people that have grown up in abusive homes, but they've changed the rule on it, and now their home is full of peace and full of joy and full of grace and full... You guys have never heard of that. I'm telling you, I know of it. You can change the rule. I don't, I do care, but I don't care of what your background is. You can be completely different than your background. You don't have to be that person just because you grew up in poverty to stay in poverty. Become someone that's like what Paul has done. Paul says, I have so much anointing on me that I can just put this towel on me. And when I'm done just wearing it around the city, I'm going to take this and it now has gone from something that is just taking sweat off to actually being something that changes the person's life. How many of you know the rules have been broken in that level? And that's massive. A guy named R.W. Shambach, we were talking about R.W. Shambach a little bit before service. R.W. Shambach, he was a, a minister of signs and wonders and he would go into, he would go into, um, the hospitals and go into mental wards and pray for them. He got in trouble going into one of the mental wards praying for them because every time he went in, people got healed. And so they kicked him out. They said he can't come back anymore. Now, how many know that's to put someone out of business? You've, if your business is men, mental problems and you have a preacher going in there healing everybody. So they, they, they said, you can't come back. You got to go. So what he decided he said, God, I want to keep praying for them. I want to do something for them. What can I do? 
and God told them to pray over candy. To pray over candy. I think it was M&M's. To pray over M&M's and just go and just ask if he, he's not going to pray. I'm just going to pass out M&M's. Come on, somebody. He prayed over an M&M's and he went in and it contradicts every law because M&M's, does, it, M&Ms don't help anybody. I mean, they don't help you in so many ways. They don't help you in so many ways. All right, you understand, they don't help you. <laughs> they, they don't melt in your hands. That's one benefit. The fact is, is he goes in and he passes out these M&Ms and people start to get set free and delivered from M&Ms. How many of you believe that God can change rules for you if he can change rules for, for R.W. Shambach? How many of you know, no matter what the natural says, God can do something completely different for you. God wants to use you as a child of God and you can change the rules. I know it says that that person is supposed to be locked up forever, but you can change the rules. I know the statement is that when you've been on drugs, that your child is on drugs, that they will never get free. I'm telling you, you can pray and change the rules. I know that they say once they're addicted, they're always going to be addicted. How many of you know I was an addicted child, but God set me free. And now I'm addicted to Jesus standing up here preaching the gospel that God can do it for me. He can do it for you. I want you to know the power of God is about you living in unusual manner, in unusual levels. It goes on in Acts 13. It says, and these, these, these miracles, some of them, the itinerant Jews, exor- uh, exorcists, took upon themselves to call upon the name of the Lord. We're learning about the name of the Lord here in this season, to call upon the name of the Lord over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now, I want you to see this because what I want you to understand is when I preach to you today, I'm not preaching you today to you today go, wow, that guy's powerful. I'm preaching to you today so that you go, wow, I'm powerful. Now, I want you to see something. We've been taught a lot of things, and I want you to see just the, the vocabulary in, this, in these two verses we're going to read here again. It's, is there something that we miss? Because I was taught always that the reason that the, the, these men... They stepped out of their, their they stepped out of their place and they got jumped on because they were they were just trying to work a miracle. But let me show you something. Look at verse nine, verse fourteen. Verse fourteen says, "And also there were." So there's a separation between those that were exorcists before that heard the Paul's preaching, and the also there were. You see the difference. So that means there's two groups. There's one group that did what Paul was preaching, and there's another group that also the sons of Sceva. Now, that means that their source of power was not because Paul was preaching. They were sons of Sceva. They were sons of someone who was a Jewish priest who felt like they had the opportunity. If they can do it, I can do it too without knowing the source. It says, it says, and they were chief priests who did so. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus, we know Paul, I know, but who are you? I want you to get this, that God doesn't want you to sit in church and not do what the preacher is asking you to do. I don't want you to sit here and let me preach on the supernatural and you not go out and try it. You're supposed to go and try what Paul preached. 
You're supposed to say, I heard Paul preach this. Now I'm going to show up and do it. They're not the exorcists are no longer going. I learned this from Jewish school. They're saying, I learned something new from Paul and I'm going to go do it the way Paul did it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to do it. And then there were also those that just took it upon themselves to try it. I want you to take it upon yourself that if I'm preaching the gospel and preaching the word, go and do it. We've been training people to come and listen and not be activated. We've been training people to come and listen. I heard preachers after preacher after preacher saying, this is why you shouldn't do it. Because you need to, no, you need to understand that if it's being preached, there's an impartation of force that comes upon you that you can manifest what was preached. The Bible says signs and wonders follow the preaching. How can we take, how can we take the Bible out of context? Signs and wonders follow the, you guys got quiet on me. That means I got to go to work. You mean I got to go to work? I got to get one of those touch cards. Yes, get a touch card, pray over it. And hand it out to somebody. The fact is, is when you come to service, you should come to service with an expectation going, what am I going to hear today that I'm activated in now? What kind of new force is coming upon my life today? That, that this mindset, this mindset has allowed the church to be full of power and not doing anything with it. You are not the sons of Sceva. You are the ones that hear what Paul preached. You are the ones, he says, he said, now this is important that you understand that, that, that he says, Paul, it's Jesus I know. Paul I know. How many of you are ready for you to be known? I, I don't want to go to heaven without being known to the devil. I don't want to be the one that he says, oh, I know him because I kicked his all up and down the street. I want him to know me because I kicked his all up and down the street. How many ready to kick some? You guys, don't, don't make me. How many ready to kick something? I mean, I'm telling you, there's one time I got so, I was like so mad at the devil. And I was like, I wanted to do something. I didn't know. And we, had, we, have, we have these these boxes of Kleenex on our stage. And I just <laughs> I kicked it down like a punted Kleenex box. My worship leader's brother came to church. He goes, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I love him. He's kicking stuff. How <laughs> many of the world's trying to find out if you have any grit as a church? If you have any guts, if you have anything inside of you, say, well, I just love Jesus, but I'm going to let you tolerate and be in your own sin. If I love Jesus and I really love you, I'm going to get you set free. I want you to understand that God's intention for you and God's plan for you is for you to bring deliverance and set people free. This word no means to have the, the same feeling, the, the knowledge of God, to feel the same, to have this revelation that God wants you to have his knowledge, to have his perceived knowledge, to have the same resolve. How many of you know God wants you to have the same resolve in him? How many of you know if Jesus was walking in this earth and there was sickness in the earth and some kind of pandemic coming, do you know he wouldn't be walking around going, I could get it? Okay, you guys got quiet now. Because you're still wondering. You still have the six-foot thing going on in your life. You got to get rid of it. You have to understand that there's got to be someone that shows up. Jesus is not concerned whether or not he, he, if he was walking there, you know, he went and touched leopards, leopards, not leopards. 
He wouldn't touch lepers. Probably touch leopards too. Come, peace. No, don't eat them. It's okay. God wants you to understand that you have the power to contradict things in this earth. If you are just as susceptible to everything as the world is, then what makes you different? I know that maybe we are in this season where we understand only the natural laws, but I want to encourage you as you get into the names of God, as you get into the revelation, as your your ministers preach, you need to go, if that's what they're preaching and that's in the word of God, then that's on my life and I'm activating it today. I'm going to step in. When Jesus was, was sleeping on the boat, how many remember Jesus was asleep on the boat? I love the picture. Jesus is asleep on the boat. Jesus, you knew he was asleep, going to sleep because he was taking his pillow. Every time I travel and I'm going international, you always see a young person and they have their pajamas on and they have a pillow. And they're getting on the airplane. And I know exactly what their plan is to do. Their plan is to sleep. Jesus is in the boat at the front of the boat, and he's sleeping on a pillow. He's not trying to be interrupted. The waves are kicking. The storm is there. All kinds of problems are happening. And, the, and, and, Paul, and Peter comes and says, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to perish? Jesus is sleeping in the boat. Come on. How many of you know there's a difference between how Jesus is handling the storm and how we're handling the storm? Jesus is sleeping on the boat, and this, it, the boat is rocking, and the waves are crashing, and the water's coming in, and everything's getting soaked, and Jesus is still sleeping. How many of you could be at a greater level of peace today than you are right now? Then Jesus gets up and says, how long do I have to do this? How long do I have to be with you? You of little faith. That word little faith is not a size faith, it's a length of faith. Your faith ran out too short. Your faith didn't go as long as I thought it could last. God wants you to have long faith. Faith like a mustard seed. Say like a mustard seed. Faith like a mustard seed. What does the mustard seed do? The Bible says in its reference, it says the Bible says that faith like a mustard seed grows into something like a big tree. So it's not about it being a big tree. It's about it growing and going through the length of time that's necessary to become something that's bigger than what it was. You may look at your faith and go, I have little faith, but that's not what it's about. How long can you hold the little faith out until it grows more and more and more? Because the longer you hold it, the bigger it gets. Are you believing for something? Are you trusting God for something? Are you waiting for something? Are you patiently pursuing something? Are you praying through something? And what's happening is your faith is growing. Each day you push through because you're not giving in and saying it's not growing. I'm holding my faith. Because faith is not a size. Faith is a length. Faith like a seed that grows into a tree. Some of you are so discouraged because you're thinking, I don't have enough faith. I'm just, I'm still believing. I'm still believing and it hasn't come to pass. How many know you believing and you believing it hasn't come to pass is showing God that you actually have longer faith than you expected? If it comes immediately, why didn't it come immediately? That means that if it's something comes immediately, either God has given it to you and granting it to you out of mercy, or God has already worked that faith in you somewhere else. <laughs> Amen. 
He's already worked it somewhere else. So if you're going through a long distance of faith right now, it's because God's working in you a level of faith. Contend earnestly for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. It's something you have to keep fighting for. Woo, I'm having a good time, people. So don't be discouraged if you find yourself believing and believing and holding on and holding on and going, I don't know if I have any more in me. And then the next day you get another wind in you and go, I can keep on doing it. I'm believing God. And then the next day you go, I don't know. It's just like, I'm so, this is impossible. And then the next day you get another wind and you go, I can believe God. And then don't be discouraged because that's what Abraham did. And the Bible says he was a mighty man of faith. The Bible never actually calls out in the New Testament, it never calls out the fact that, it, that he actually had a wavering. It said he had an unwavering faith. You know how God can say an unwavering faith after Abraham has gone through some things? It's because God looks at how your faith ends, not how you go through it. End well in this. Stay in it. Amen. Then Jesus gets up and he says, hey, peace be still. He calms it so quickly, so easily. And they're amazed. They're shocked. And they ask this question, what manner of man is this? What kind of person is this that just says, peace, peace? You have to understand God's growing in you. The kind of faith that says, peace, be still. But it doesn't start there. It starts at, I don't know if this will happen, but I'm going to trust God for it. I don't know if this is going to happen, but I'm going to ask God for it. Don't allow the devil to shrink your faith in your law-changing, law-transforming, rule-breaking anointing. Who are you? You're someone that the devil knows. And I want you to be someone that says, you know what? The devil's going to know me after this. I know you're trying to mess with my family. You're trying to mess with my marriage. You're trying to mess with my body. But you're going to know me after this. You're going to know my name. Oh, shakarabababababashakare. That made me want to speak in tongues. Yeah, we got it, baby. God's intention is for you to actually, there's a scripture in John, John chapter, chapter one. It's very, it's very powerful. The Bible says that God has not, God has given us the, God has given us the power to become, to be transformed into the sons of God. He's given us that authority. Isn't that powerful? That he's given us the power to be in, transformed. And in this, it says that we, have, we, ha, we are being shifted and changed, even though Jesus came to the earth and was rejected by his own, but those who do receive him. How many of you received him? Those who received him, he has given them the power. Someone say power. To become sons and daughters of God. You know what's really powerful about sons and daughters? God means you, your old life is gone. And what it continues on in that next verse, it says that you have this power, this power that comes upon you is not because you're born of the flesh or if you're born of your, pre, your parents or you're born of this world or born, but it's because you're born of God. Now, if you're born of God, that means you now live in the rules of God. Look at verse 13. Who were born, who were born not of the blood, not, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but the will of God. That's your birth. You're, you, you can look at your baby pictures all you want to, but that's not who you are anymore. Oh, look at those rolls around those legs. That's not who you are anymore. 
You are someone that's completely born of God, manifesting differently. I'm trying to tell you, your blood workup is different. It's different. As, I, as, as, as you realize that you're going to step into greater levels. Let me give you one more, one, more, one more verse here. Another verse says that we as little children, if we're children of God, then we need to be imitators. Imitators of God. Imit- that's big. Now, if you're going to imitate God, you can't go, ah, scared. God's never been scared. (laughs) He's never been afraid. So what does it mean to imitate? It means that I'm going to pretend. I'm going to pretend. Years ago when my wife was, my wife and I, my my oldest son, uh, Tristan, he's, he's 23 now, 24 he he was um, he he was a little baby, and my wife was folding folding clothes, and he grabbed he grabbed some chonies. You guys know what chonies are? He, he grabbed some chonies, and he started hitting me with the chonies. And I'm like, stop hitting me with the chonies. He's hitting me with the chonies. He's just hitting me and hitting me, and I'm like, what is he doing? And my wife goes, oh, you know what he's doing? He's doing what you do in service. You, I, take, I take my towel and I hit people for their breakthrough in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. People, you know, get healed. People get fall out. And he was doing it and he was trying to get me to fall out. He was imitating me, but he was using chonies instead of a towel. Because I, I, most of the towels, I, back then I would just, you know, I'm in traveling a lot. And so I would just use a towel from the... From the from the hotel, and it's always a white towel. So he's like, oh, white chonies. How many of you know God wants you to imitate him? If he's your father, then imitate him. What did he do? When he saw darkness, he called light there. When he sees sickness, he calls health there. He speaks contrary to what is naturally there. What you're going to do this week is you're going to act like God. You're going to pretend like you're God. And I'm not lying. Just put up that scripture. Let me show you. That, that scripture, can you put it up one more time for me? But uh, the one that talks about being like God, imitating God. Maybe I didn't give it to you. Maybe I threw it in there later. I want you to understand that God wants you to imitate him. God wants you to imitate him. God wants you to be someone that is busy pretending. Someone say pretending. That's Ephesians 5.1. Ephesians 5.1, it says this. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as his dear children. Now, how many times have you read that and you don't activate it? I mean, just think about it. Spend some time this week in your prayer meditation. What does it mean to pretend to be like God? Like a child. See, as a child, a, ch- a child didn't, my son didn't have an idea of what was the difference between a white towel and, and white chonies. Because a child doesn't need all the details. They don't need all the details to pretend. See, the reason we don't pretend is because we reason why we can't be the pretender. Oh, but God, I still struggle with a little cussing here and there. Not me, but I'm talking to somebody else. <laughs> oh, God, I still, you know, I still like eat lots of chocolate. Who knows your, whatever your problem is. But the fact is, is we have excuses to why we can't pretend. And you've got to get rid of the excuses because that means you're not acting like a child. A child has faith. And says, I'm just going to do it. 
All the reasons why I can't do it, I'm going to do it. A child doesn't sit down and go when they want to have a tea party. They don't sit down and pretend to have a tea party thinking about how much tea costs. They sit down, here's, you have a tea with the queen. You know how much, you can't even go and sit with the queen, but you're acting like you're the queen? I mean, because pretending doesn't have any rational realization to it. Am I helping anyone? I want you to understand that God's intention is for you to pretend like you are him. Paul is, is, is manifesting something in the earth that people are going, I got to pretend to be like that. Because if he's, he's saying to them later, follow me as I follow Christ. He wants people to pretend to be like him because he's pretending to be like Christ so well. The church has to change. The body of Christ is changing. I have to close here because we're going to go and eat. But I want you to understand the fact is, is you're going to change this week. How many of you will change this week? Knowing that laws are going to change because I speak it. Things are going to change because I say it. How, what gives you the right? The Bible tells me I have to pretend to be like God. And when you do that, what's really powerful, the scripture says, the scripture says this, that as they continue to do this, the, 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 the fear of the Lord came, but not only the fear of the Lord, but the name of Jesus was magnified. Have you know the name of Jesus needs to be magnified in this city? Not just churches, but the name of Jesus. What does it mean, the name of Jesus? The name of Jesus activates change wherever you go. If it said, though, the church grew, that's one thing, but it said the name of Jesus was magnified, that when you preach the name of Jesus, when you pray in the name of Jesus, something happens that doesn't happen anywhere else. The name of Jesus. Who are you? Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? You need to manifest the name of Jesus in this earth, in this season, in this city, so that there can be transformation. Do you agree with that? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. In a moment, I'm going to invite people to come to the front. If you need prayer for anything, we're going to activate the name of Jesus. We won't take long. I'm just going to agree with you. Whatever your prayer need is, you need breakthrough in your family. You need breakthrough in your finances. You need breakthrough in your body. I believe that God wants to do something supernaturally. He said this. He told me this week, pray and come and pray with them that they would be rule breakers, that they would have the anointing to break the rules. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.